0: Algar Productions.
1: Algar Productions.
2: Algar Productions. Algar Productions presents The Wumps and Future Nick, a Nick and Willikins adventure.
3: Yeah,
1: hi, it's me. Uh, Listen. Yes, I know the bit's already started. Did you write this narration on a dare or what? This entire page-long first paragraph is one sentence. Did you even try reading this out loud when you... Am I saying, of course you didn't. So you're ripping off Charles Dickens for the intro. I'm going to take a wild stab and say that Dickens never wrote for radio. Oh, I'm sure the audience would have loved your clever allusions to 1800s literature. I mean, who doesn't? But why don't you let me do this, okay? All we need are a few basic facts. Nick is the wealthy English twat. Wilkins is his butler. They're currently on holiday in the United States. There. Done. Okay. I love you too. Bye.
4: Come on, Willikins! you must hurry or we'll miss the Piccadilly Circus. I do so love seeing the elephants.
2: Sir, I don't even
4: You don't even what? You must remember to finish your sentences, Willikins. I don't stand for that sort of mangling the English language here in America. Uh,
2: where to even begin?
4: You're about to start on one of your long winded rants, aren't you? The ones that start with. It's just. I know it. It's just. This! You see! You see! You should owe me a pound for that!
2: It's just that when you said we were coming to America, I thought perhaps we'd see some American things. New York City, perhaps, or Los Angeles.
4: You know, those two places are very different to one another, I've heard.
2: Indeed, sir. Instead, we've managed to spend an entire week in this tiny amusement park.
4: Well, what's wrong with being amused?
2: Sir, this establishment is a mockery of all that we hold dear.
4: I shan't have you bad-mouthing Englandland, Willikins. It's the most brilliantest place on earth. Hello, governor.
5: Spot of tea, then. <laughs> Wilkins, get a picture of me with this Welsh corgi. Oh, I'm an English bulldog. Oh, I am.
4: <laughs> You're bloody delightful, is what you are.
5: <laughs> Wait a minute. Do you work here?
2: I can assure you, Master Nick works neither here nor, in fact, anywhere.
5: It's just your
6: accent. It's really impressive, as all.
4: I, oh, wh- Wilkins, did you hear that? My accent is impressive.
2: Yes, sir. You've impressed a fake English resident of a fake English themed park with your actual English accent. Bravo. There. There's your picture taken.
4: I shall let you get back to your duties,
2: Mr. Bulldog.
5: pip. God save the Queen. What
4: a delightful notion. God should save the Queen, don't you think, Willikins?
2: And perhaps me whilst he's at it. I'll
4: not hear your continuous bad-mouthing of this place, Willikins. It's a sacred piece of home soil in this most strangest of lands.
2: So it's a mishmash of double-decker buses driven on the wrong side of the street, fake medieval pubs and people saying jolly good for no apparently good reason.
4: Or just cross because you've never had a jolly good dime in your miserable life. There's no reason to deprive these people of theirs. Now, about that pound you owe me.
2: I haven't any British currency whatever, sir. You made me trade it in for these park-only tokens that look like our money, only instead of the queen they have a picture of the park mascot on. I shall
4: not hear any ill of Uncle Bob. That's wordplay, you see. Is Bob your uncle? Bob's your
2: uncle. Yes, of course.
4: Do you get it?
2: I do, in fact, get it, sir. Ah,
4: well, good. You're not a complete waste, then, are you? Willikins! I've just had a brilliant idea.
2: This generally signals the start of something I'll regret.
4: I want to open up in Englandland. At
2: home. At home? You mean in England? That's right. Astoundingly, this is only the fifth or sixth most ridiculous idea you've had on this visit.
1: Will Nick actually open an England themed amusement park in England? How much more meta could all this get? Find out in the next Anglo centric episode of The Adventures of Nick and Willikins. When we last saw our heroes, they had finally made it to America, which is a thing we've been promising for literally three years now. Naturally, they spent their entire time in an England-themed amusement park, because that's how we operate here at The Adventures of Nick and Willikins. We join them now on their return flight home, as Nick contemplates opening his own England-themed amusement park. In England.
4: Miss. Miss! Oi! Could you bring me more beast crisps? Miss!
2: Sir, there are a number of issues jockeying for attention at the moment, and I feel I must raise those issues now. Uh, You
4: and your issues, Willikins. How many is a number?
2: At least six, sir.
4: Uh, I shall allow you three.
2: Uh, Very well. Firstly, it's considered quite rude to kick the seat in front of you on an aeroplane, particularly at the level of force and velocity with which you are currently kicking. Oh,
4: nonsense. There's nobody sitting in front of me. Nobody that matters, anyway.
2: Of course, just me. Secondly, there's no miss to bring you your, as you say, beast crisps. This is a private aeroplane, sir. The only person that can bring you food, as ever, is me. Which brings me neatly to point three... Ah,
4: finally! I thought this whinging might go on until bloody mothering Sunday.
2: As the person currently piloting this vessel is in fact me, perhaps I could again impress upon you the importance of not kicking me whilst I do it.
4: I don't know why I made you my pilot anyway. The number of jerrys you've shot down since we took to the air is appalling.
2: But not, interestingly enough, zero.
4: Oh, I remember why you're driving the plane. It's because you're my chauffeur.
2: And driving an aeroplane is no different than driving an auto, yes, sir? That
4: doesn't sound at all like
2: me. Oh, of course. I do beg your pardon.
4: Willikins, fetch me some fish and chips
7: and go stand in a queue at Arads. I hate the Irish.
4: Do I really sound that... uh, comically pseudo-English?
2: Using the word comically extremely generously, I'd say that's a fairly accurate representation, yes, sir.
4: I was fancying myself a right jolly blighter, but you make me sound like quite the tosser you does.
2: The truth, much like your foot, hurts, sir.
4: Willikins, I don't trust your judgment on most things. God knows you're rubbish at just about everything you do. But... Hmm? Oh, no, that was it.
2: Of course.
4: Oh, I know. But I do trust you to know what's English and what isn't. I mean, it's not like you're French or something. That
2: may be the nicest thing you've ever said to me, sir.
4: If I'm to open England land, I must first learn what it truly means to be English. And to do that... uh, Willikins. Sir? Sir? Uh, how can I do that?
2: Sir, this is beyond my scope as a butler, slash footman, slash valet, slash chauffeur, slash aeroplane pilot, slash chef, slash food taster, slash bodyguard, slash...
4: At least half of those are lies, Willikins. I've no interest in your slash fiction.
2: How delightfully droll, sir.
4: Uh, there was a question in there somewhere.
2: Ah, right. Who should show you what it means to be English?
4: That's what I said!
2: Well, traditionally, sir, this is a duty assumed by one's parents.
4: Do I have parents?
2: So much as I know you'd like to believe that you sprang fully formed from your own forehead, yes, you have parents. Everyone, I feel I must point out, has parents.
4: What, even the Irish?
2: Well, sort of. But you for certain have parents.
4: What, like, like a proper living mother and father? I always just sort of assumed I was an orphan.
2: No, you're just English, sir. By the standards of other cultures, you might say your parents are a bit emotionally distant. Oh,
4: considering I can't bloody remember either of them, that seems like a bit of an understatement.
2: Sir, you have the attention span of a Punch and Judy audience.
4: Oh, Willikins, is there a Punch and Judy show? Uh,
2: there is not, sir. Oh. The
1: bloody ought to be. <laughs> Does Nick actually have living parents? How has this never come up before? And what the hell are Beast Crisps? Find out in the next increasingly contrived episode of The Adventures of Nick and Willikins.
4: Willikins, what are you doing?
2: i trying to construct some sort of crude shelter so that you and I might survive the night.
4: Well, does it have to be crude? do no, you build one that isn't
2: rubbish? I tried, sir, but you burnt it down Which, incidentally, used up our only source of fire
4: Fire is man's natural enemy, Willikins I was doing us a favour For which I have yet to be thanked Or compensated
2: Thank you, sir, for making our daily struggle And perhaps our continued existence A near-impossible task
4: You're very welcome Now, why are you building a shelter?
2: To protect us from the elements, sir
4: what, well, like Tungsten, or Wolfram, as it was once known?
2: It's remarkable the knowledge you managed to retain.
4: I know lots about the Table of Elephants. Surprising, isn't it.
2: What else do you know? Nothing. Not a sausage. That's not a surprise.
4: Willikins, why do we need protecting from the elephants?
2: Because nightfall is approaching and I believe there's a storm coming on. I'd rather not spend another night up a tree.
4: Well, I wasn't giving you the sleeping bag, now was I?
2: Sir, those are my trousers.
4: That explains why they were trousers and not a sleeping bag. Why are our only housing options? A tree, a tree you made into a rubbish house, or your soiled trousers?
2: Well, sir, in reverse order, you soiled my trousers.
4: Yes, with actual soil, I think you'll find.
2: Oh, I did find. Second, the house would be considerably less rubbish if you'd quit kicking it over as soon as I make any progress.
4: Willikens, I need to practice my kicking. What should happen if Manchester United should call?
2: They did. You asked if their lift was running, which didn't even make sense. You still haven't answered my questions. I'm building a shelter because there isn't any on this deserted island. We're on a deserted island because we crashed here. We crashed here because you insisted on steering the aeroplane from my lap. I let you do that because you threatened to have me lobotomized if I didn't. Does that more or less bring you up to date on this predicament in which you are directly involved, for which you are directly responsible, and through which... Yes? I don't know. I thought there should be three of them. I'm bloody hot and bloody hungry and... Bloody? Well, I did lose my arm in the crash.
4: You didn't lose it. I've been poking you with it this whole time. I know, Arm your arm, you used to have...
2: I do wish you'd keep that on ice. I needed the ice for my beer. We're English, sir. We prefer our beer warm.
4: Yeah, well, that's an urban myth, innit? Ah! Oh! Willikins! Willikins! If I flush your arm down a loo, it'll grow into a giant mutant sewer arm, which we could then ride to safety.
2: Don't argue with logic like that, possibly due to blood loss. Willikins, I have one final question. Yes, I expect that you do.
4: Did Manchester United really call for me?
1: Are Nick and Willikins actually stranded on a deserted island? Why did it take five minutes for that information to be revealed? Isn't that what I'm here for? Do they have any hope for survival and or rescue? And do the English really drink their beer warm? That's disgusting! To find out the answer to at least one of these questions, join us again for the adventures of Nick and Willikins. When we last saw our heroes, they had barely survived the crash landing of Nick's private jet on a small island in the South Pacific. They were, I feel I should note, on their way home, to England, from the United States. Also, Willikins lost his arm. We join the intrepid butler now as he forages for the tiniest morsel of edible food in the dense foliage of the island's jungle.
3: Back get back, beast ah. All right, sir.
2: I've managed to acquire a small amount of the least poisonous indigenous berries on the island. If we carefully ration them, we may survive the week.
4: Just place them on top my waffles. The auxiliary waffles there, next to the am. Not the primary waffles between the bacon and the arched browns. Your rubbish berries would spore the lovely syrupiness in those waffles. Now pass me the fresh whipped creme, by which I mean apply the nozzle directly to my mouth at once. My whipped creme reserves are running dangerously low. Sir, I... Wilkins, g- I can tell by the sound of my voice that my mouth is not yet overflowing with the whipped cremes yet.
2: Ignoring the fact that I have risked life and ever-decreasing limb to acquire sustenance...
4: It's kind of a given that I would ignore that at this point, innit? Where on
2: earth did you manage to obtain... Are those waffles?
4: What, the popular Dutch breakfast food made from two thin layers of baked dough with a syrupy filling? Yes, sir. They are, in fact, that very thing, yes. And I believe you. Where did you fucking get them? Wilkins! What on earth has come over you?
2: I do apologize for that uncharacteristic outburst, sir. Do
4: you think that evil spirits on this island made you shout sweary words at me? Like maybe this place is the staging ground for some epic battle between life and death. As represented by an invisible monster and a bit of glowy light inside of a cave.
2: Uh, Sure, that makes as much sense as anything. Returning to the core narrative of said outburst, sir, whence the breakfast feast?
4: Oh, there's a buffet over at that resort.
2: The resort. That's right. Sir, when we crashed here, we split up and explored our surroundings thoroughly. And you assured me that your section of the island was quite uninhabited.
4: It was. The only signs of life were the towels that I saw placed carefully on chairs
2: around the pew. Towels on the... Oh, no. Not them. Not...
1: German tourists. After a fashion, or several fashions, Nick finished his breakfast. Then he ordered Willikins to clear away the remains, wash the dishes, and build a sustainable recycling plant to responsibly dispose of the post consumer waste. And finally, he led Willikins to the luxury resort situated about 50 paces from their encampment.
5: Willkommen auf unser Insel. Mein Name ist Frieda. Guten Morgen, Freund.
4: Mein Butler, na your slave Wirklich, kein Deutsch spricht.
5: I would be happy to speak English for the benefit of your idiot manservant.
2: Really, sir?
5: Silence,
4: idiot manservant.
5: This is the holiday retreat for employees of benevolent Insurance and their families. It is typically a private resort, but you are welcome. Oh dear, his arm is missing. Do you think he realizes that his arm is missing?
2: I'm standing right here. And as it happens, I am quite painfully aware of that fact, yes. Quite literally, painfully aware.
5: We have a surgeon here on staffs that can assist you with that. I'm not wasting time on that. I'm on a quest. I shall require a room with four walls. Do you have
4: anything like that here at Benefever Level, 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 Level,
5: Level, 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 that Level, 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 Level,
4: Level, I suppose I'll have to walk there under my own power as Willikins is presently rubbish carrying me piggyback.
2: I do find that the process goes a bit more smoothly with two shoulders, yes, sir. Sorry to be such a disappointment.
4: Ugh, beg my forgiveness later. There is questing to be done.
5: Shall I lead you to the hospital then? Yes, please. Ah, uh, here comes our chief surgeon now. Hello,
7: my god. This man has lost his arm.
5: What, your TV's
4: David Asiloff from Baywatch Nights.
7: The same. Though these days I spend my time pursuing my true passion, medicine.
4: I don't think I ever knew that about you.
7: Well, kid, it's in my blood. My father was a famous surgeon, though he changed our family name when we came to America.
4: What was it before?
7: Alright, let's get you prepped for surgery. Just lie down here on this gurney and we'll see what we have in the way of replacement arms.
4: Great, lead the way!
7: Oh, you're coming with us, are you?
4: Too right, I am. Must you? I must! (laughs) Now, push!
7: I'm not sure that thing is designed for two people.
4: Not you, Willikins, you push. Very good, sir.
7: Just through these doors here.
4: Woo! Ah, this is where I get off.
2: So, shall I just climb up upon the surgery platform? Uh, yeah. You do that while I wash up. And you... What are you doing?
4: Counting the walls. One, two, three. Oh,
2: good. I see where this is going. Four! Well counted, little man.
4: So you agree with my finding, then, that this wall here is the fourth wall?
7: Uh, sure. Whatever. Now, Mr. willikins I'm going to give you some of this toxic gas. Just breathe deeply. Very well, I suppose.
2: Wait, did you say toxic?
4: I'll just take this surgical sledgehammer and apply it like so.
1: Like, I should probably be awake for... soon.
4: <laughs> oh, that was delightful!
1: Well, I really should have seen this coming.
4: Yes, you should have. You're supposed to be omniscient, this shit, this shit, this ishi this shit. Help! Aren't you? Sort of. What do you mean, sort of? How can you be sort of omniscient this- that thing? <sighs>
1: I mean that I can see everything that's happening, that ever has happened, and that ever will happen, to you and Willikins. That's not so much omniscient as it is a unique and terrible hell that no man, regardless of his sins, truly deserves.
4: Brilliant! That means you can tell me who my mother and father is!
1: Y- yeah, I can. Let me just wrap up this episode and I'll tell you all about it. Oh, all yeah. Will Willikins discover the truth that David Hasselhoff's original surname is Mengele? How will he cope when he sees what his arm has been replaced with? And is that waffle bar still open? Find out in the next zany madcap episode of The Adventures of Nick and Willikins!
4: Sorry, there's no more waffles. Now quit stalling and tell me about my parents.
1: Damn it. All right. So here's the deal you were born in 1977. Last time, Nick confirmed the existence and whereabouts of his family. By asking me. On the one hand, that doesn't make sense even by Nick and Willikin standards. On the other, well, it's nice to be included. Also, Willikins had his arm surgically replaced with another perfectly functional arm. That was all less interesting than we thought it would be, so it happened off-camera. We join our heroes as they return to Nick's ancestral home.
8: He's here! He's here! Master
5: Nick is here! Oh goodness me, he's here!
1: Raise the drawbridge!
4: Well, here we are. My ancestral home. Apparently. Willikens, who are all these people scurrying about and refusing to make eye contact with me? Hello? Uh, my uh, My eyes are up here! Willikens, where are my eyes?
2: Those are your family's servants, sir. Uh, footmen, valets, chauffeurs, and the like. But
4: they're all so subservient. You can't treat human beings like this. They should be respected, treated as equals. <coughs> That's a rather nasty crap you seem to have caught, Wilkins. Is that a kennel cough? That's the last time I cram you into a tiny cage with all the other dogs.
2: Would that it were, sir.
4: Anyway, I'll doubt think I didn't detect what you were doing there. Well, I'm English, Willikens. We invented irony.
2: Indeed, sir. Would you be so kind as to present me with an example of something you think is ironic?
4: What about that time I sold your hair to buy myself a new watch fob?
2: Got it in one, sir.
4: Ah, who's this now? Welcome home, Master Nick. Ooh, Master Nick. I like the sound of that. Willikins, why don't you call me that?
2: Do when you let me get a word in, Ed...
4: Never mind that! I'm talking to this nice, smart fellow now. What's your name, nice, smart fellow?
7: Wickersham, sir. I shall announce your arrival at once. And I suppose your man will be coming with you.
4: What, Willikins? I expect he will be. If I don't make him follow me, he'll just sulk here on the stoop like some kind of Billy No-Mates.
2: Actually, sir, I'd just as soon remain behind while you speak with his lordship. (laughs) Behind? I'll just bet you prefer that.
4: Nonsense! I'll put considerable effort into teaching you tricks, and I expect that will be the first of many things that my father should be proud of me for.
2: Well, if there's one thing English fathers are known for, it's not withholding pride in their sons. Hmm. It would
7: appear that Master Nick is more tolerant of abuse from his servants than his lordship is.
4: I'm nothing if not tolerant! Aren't I always saying that, Willikins? Now don't answer. i no interest in whatever rubbish you have to say to that.
7: This way, sir.
4: Coo, this place is huge! Makes Nick Hall look positively Lilliputian!
2: Sir, this is Nick Hall. It's just a part of the estate that you have... Did you say Lilliputian?
4: I oh, did. It's from Gulliver's Travels, Willikins! How could you be English and not know something so quintessentially?
7: Master Nick and... Company, sir.
3: So which is it? A thousand million or a million thousand? Yes? And what's that in old money? And Listen, I don't bloody care if they want to be paid in gold Krugerrands. Get the boffins on it and we'll... Uh, ho- hold on. Yes, thank you, Wickersham. That'll be all. I'll call you back, Nigel. Cheers. Father? Well, it's about bloody time you showed up, boy. I see you've brought that with you. What, Willikins? Ah,
4: he's not so bad once you get past all the rubbish on the surface, and just below the surface, and then six or eight, twelve levels below the surface of that. Don't tell him I said something nice about him.
3: Standing right here, sir. Not so bad if you like nonces. No. What now? Surely you knew he was bent.
2: I always feared this day would come.
3: I don't follow. He's a puff lad. And the
2: ever-deepening well of my shame breaks new
3: ground. What's one of those, then? He snogs and roots with men. He's on the pool. This man, if you can even call him that, is gay.
2: And there it is.
3: Gay? Wilkins? You never
2: told
4: me you was gay. I'm shocked. I'm outraged. I'm not actually sure what gay is? Why am I supposed to be mad about that?
1: Nope. I'm not touching that one. Last time, Nick met his father and discovered that Willikins was gay. Yes, thank you. That'll be all. I beg your pardon?
3: I was here for that bit. There's no need for a recap. In fact, now that my wayward offspring has finally found his way back home... Your services, such as they are, are no longer required. Over, that's our narrator! Yes, lad, I'm quite aware of who he is. I hired the man some years ago to keep me apprised of your whereabouts and activities. And now that you're here, there's not much need for him, is there? Is there? Oh, keep up, lad. We're English. Most of our questions aren't questions, they're just punctuation, aren't they? Are they? Yes. Now, in order of importance from least to most, you the bent butler. You still disgust me. I'm just happy to be included. Well, I can't say the word happy. I find it unsettling. Quiet, boy. You, voice man. I think you'll find your compensation rather generous. And I also think you'll find the exit
1: is that way. So that's that's it? After eight years of diligent and faithful service, you're wishing me good luck and
3: showing me the door? I'm quite sure I never wished you good luck.
1: Now, off with you. Great. Now what am I supposed to do? Do you know how hard it is to find work as an omniscient narrator? I guess now I'll have to do a Kickstarter. Or Patreon. Or Patreon. I guess I'll have to figure out how to pronounce that word. Now,
3: lad. It's time we dealt with you, isn't it? Isn't it? (sighs) Were it not for the indomitable spirit of our noble bloodline... I'd say you were a lost cause, boy. I've always wanted to be a dumb and Bro. Yes, you've always wanted to be a lot of things. And that's the trouble. This is what I've been saying for... Yes, thank you. I think I've made it quite clear that nobody's interested in what you have to say. you You... Gay? Oh, yes, thank you, lad. I still don't know what that means.
2: With respect, my lord, if my services are no longer required, I would be happy to be dismissed right along with the narrator.
4: that word again, happy, just doesn't sound right coming out of you.
2: Oh,
3: you'd like that, wouldn't you?
2: thought I was pretty clear on the subject, yes.
3: Much as I'd prefer my boy's man to be a... well, a man, I haven't time to retrain another. No, you're staying put. We've quite a lot of lost time to make up for, as it is. Are we going to make up for all the
4: father and son bonding time I've missed? I expect I have a substantial backlog of Christmas crackers, ice lollies, choco-ice...
3: Focus, lad. I've been summoning you home for literally years. And you've neglected the call long enough, haven't you? Haven't I? Did you think the increasingly unlikely procession of notable personages in your life was due to your sparkling personality? Ha! Ow. What do you mean? I mean, to take the most recent example. Did you really think that Manchester United rang you up for no very good reason?
4: Well, I'd sort of assume they found me because I'm Nick.
3: They phoned you because I told them to phone you. Because none of the other people I'd sent to retrieve you, including your limp wristed manservant here, had managed to see the task to completion. What, you know Manchester United? I own Manchester United. Well, to be fair, I own Manchester. And most of the rest of Lancashire. The bloody footballers just came to the place. Is that how we built our vast fortune? Real estate? I'd always wondered about that. <laughs> what? God, no. Those are just investments. Do you really not know from whence your family's fortune originates? Well, don't you? Sorry, I thought that was one of those questions I was not supposed to answer. <laughs> We're media tycoons, lad. Your grandfather purchased an American broadcasting concern back in the 50s, and I've turned it into the most popular and influential media conglomerate on the planet. Oh, do we own Nickelodeon? Was it named for me? Willikens, I told you that was named for me. You did, in fact, tell me that,
2: sir, on a number of occasions.
3: Ah! Ow. Don't be sick, lad. Ever heard of the SVN Television Network? American television? Oh,
4: you mean I own that load of reality rubbish and sitcom?
3: bollocks no i own it and its radio counterpart svfm and that rubbish and bollocks has earned me thousands of millions Don't oh, you mean billions no i most certainly do not but if you own all that where has my not inconsiderable fortune been coming from all these years licensing fees from your ridiculous inventions for the start inventions you built that ridiculous christmas robot for one and a bloody brain-swapping machine. I don't remember any of this. And, of course, the royalties from that horrible song alone bring in several thousand thousand pounds per year. Song? Yes. This one.
9: Simply having a werewolf Christmas time. Right. That thing.
3: Did I do that?
4: Sounds like me. And it is delightful, as I tend to be. I've no memory of doing this
3: at all. Well, you're the one they make the bloody checks out to. Is checks really spelt with a Q? You can't live on the proceeds of that god-awful song forever, lad. It's time you made something of yourself. Start a business. Grow the brand. What, you mean Russell brand? I don't much care for- You're always going on about what you've always wanted to do. Well, now's your chance. I will invest six thousand, hundred thousand, million thousand, hundred thousand, point not not two pounds in a venture of your choosing. If you can double that investment in two years' time, your inheritance will be secure. If you fail, you'll be cut off. Got that? Good. Now think carefully, because your very future. I want to open
10: an England-themed
4: amusement park
2: in England.
3: Done. Oh Lord.
4: Hello, I'm Nick, and I'd like to invite you to a wonderful new theme park full of excitement and wonder.
2: You said wonderful and wonder in the same sentence, sir.
4: Quiet, you! Ow! This summer, why not skip the Grand Canyon, the Grand Caymans, or your grandmothers? Those places are all boring.
2: Strictly speaking, sir, one's grandmother is not a place.
4: yours isn't. Instead, visit us here at the UK Kingdom.
3: Should I even.
4: No. The UK Kingdom is like a little piece of England. In England, they've got all the things you've come to England to see Stonehenge, Big Ben, the East End, home to the famous East Enders of the East Enders, as well as the Thames and the Thames.
2: I believe those are the. Wilkins, well, don't make me stop this commercial. Wouldn't dream of it, sir. So if
4: you want to visit England, just come to our
5: park. In
2: England! Can't argue with airtight logic like that.
5: That's what I said! UK Kingdom just off the A4144 pass around about a your own thinking and Bob's your uncle.
1: Oh sure. Enjoy your time here at the UK U- UK Kingdom. Nobody worry about me! I'm just an out-of-work narrator who was fired by... Hello, did you say you're a narrator? Was a narrator. The omniscient kind? Totally all-knowing. Give or take a few state capitals. Well, I have a need for someone like you. Wait wait a minute. Are you popular comedian and, and soccer commentator John Oliv... Oliver? Out of olives.
3: No, but I can see why you'd think that. I'm actually just wearing a rubber Harry Potter mask. And now to the business at hand. Would you accept payment in beer and moon pies? Would I?
1: Well, would you? Yes.
3: Good. Now, here's what I'm going to need you to do. First
5: of all Hello! Welcome to the UK Kingdom, where the sun never sets. I'm Margaret Thatcher, England's kindest and
8: most current president. Here to remind you that our gates are open to everyone.
2: Ha <laughs> ha That's right, Maggie. Except for the Irish or the French. I'm Sir Elton Hercules Jean, musical genius. And whether you're here to cue for Wimbledon, or just to ruin your teeth with our weapons grade sweets, just remember, we do not, under any circumstances, accept Euros.
8: So keep calm and enjoy the punch and judicial.
2: Oh, Maggie, I can see why you're
3: so beloved.
4: Take that, Mr. Punch! This is from mistreating that baby earlier! Ow! But I never... Ow! I never even saw... Ow! And here comes Mr. Crocodile, and boy is he ever cross, boys and girls! Stand still, Mr. Punch, and you will be duly thrashed! Thusly... Oh,
7: this is hardly—ah!
4: And now for the grand finale. Are you ready for the grand finale, boys and girls? Here comes the devil to take you away to hell, Mr. Punch!
2: Pretty sure I'm all already... right.
4: And now, children, whilst the vile Mr. Punch is being carried off, throw your complimentary tomatoes at him.
2: Oh, ow. Oh, those are potatoes. Oh,
4: ow. Well, you say oh. tomato, I say potato. <laughs> thank you, thank you. This traditional English panto was written by Shakespeare himself. And it's the reason that the guards at Buckingham Palace never laugh. Because once you've seen a Punch and Judy show, nothing else is ever quite as funny. I'm Nick, the owner of this park, and I hope you all had a good time. Are you all having a good time? Oh, good. Be sure to see our authentic English boarding school, which is a replica of our not open to the public schools that we call public schools. Our concession stands will be happy to fulfill your warm beer and boiled pub food needs. They're also exclusive purveyors of Beast Crisps, which are my own personal favorite. Cheers, everyone! Willikins, you were rubbish out there. Honestly, how difficult is it to just stand there and be beaten with a stick by life-size puppets for an hour?
2: Sir, if I may, I hit all my cues flawlessly until you started going off script. And I was not exactly prepared for... Six encores.
4: We must give the audience what it wants. And what it wants is to see you beaten mercilessly. And why didn't you swallow the kazoo like I told you? You didn't sound anything like
2: Mr. Punch. I did, sir. It must have become dislodged when I vomited just before my third blackout.
4: Oh, now my stage is covered in vomit? Oh, this is a disaster! Oh, no matter. We have people to clean that up. can well, stop lounging about and go clean that up. Answer that phone.
2: Of course. Right away. Hello? Oh, oh, uh, I, I beg your pardon. <clears throat> Welcome to the UK Kingdom. How may I call your blimey? <sighs> yes, thank you, my lord. I'd nearly forgotten. One moment. It's for you. It's your father.
4: Oh, good. He's sure to be proud of me for opening a successful themed park. Hello, father. How- oh, hang on a moment. You're inexplicably popular actor Christopher Walken. That's
11: right, little man. I just wanted to say I'm having a fabulous time in your park here. Why, thank you. And I was hoping you could clear something up. For me, what's the difference between the UK, Great Britain and... England.
4: Oh, there's no difference. They all mean exactly the same thing and are completely interchangeable.
11: I see. Well, thank you. Off I go. Sorry
4: about that, Father. I just... Oh, hello. Aren't you... Al Pacino. That's right. I was going to say the shouty man from that film about the bloke what sniffs with the ladies, but I think they're one and the same.
3: And you would be correct in that assumption. I just wanted to tell you, kid, you got a great park here. It's everything I've ever wanted to see in England, conveniently located here, in England.
4: I'm very pleased to meet you, Mr. Pachinko Machine. Now, please excuse me. I'm talking to my important father.
3: Oh, oh, of course. He
4: must be... Very proud of you. You hear that, Father? American celebrities just adore the UK kingdom. You must be really... Oh, sorry, one more moment.
10: Mm. Hello. I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm positively enchanted by your establishment. Also, these peace clips are delicious. Aren't they? Yeah.
4: Oh, no, no, no. You're not supposed to answer that. It's one of them... Uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Uh, Metaphorical questions. We ask a lot of those here in England, don't we?
10: I find your manner of speech very confusing, and I'm going to leave before I embarrass myself. Very well, bye then. I'm sorry, Father.
4: As I was saying, you must surely be incredibly proud of all my successes here at the UK Kingdom. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, you're not proud at all. Uh-huh. I see. Well, Well, when you put it like that, I suppose I can understand. No, no, you make a good point. Several good points, actually. Yes, all of your myriad points have been. Oh, you're
10: that horrible Mr. Punch from the puppet show earlier.
2: The same. And you're Arnold. Wait, no, you're not. I beg your pardon! Well, you appear to be former California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, but upon closer examination, which I wouldn't have been able to do if my retinas weren't nearly detached from the beating I took earlier, you're not him at all.
10: What? Of course I am! I am Arnold! Beloved Comedy Actor, Star of Kindergarten Cop, Junior, Twins! In fact,
2: you appear to be the same gentleman who some time ago claimed to be David Hasselhoff.
10: Quiet! Uh, sorry? You're not wrong, but you have to keep that to yourself. You and Nick are in great danger! Are we now? Now come with me if you want to leave. I'll explain everything! I'm not going. Ah! Oh! Well slung over your shoulder, it
2: would appear I have no choice in the matter. Surely you don't think that you'll be able to drag me through a crowded park without drawing attention to
10: yourself? Of course I do. It's cosplay. Father.
4: Yes, even though I've already met the financial goals you set for me, I'm still not entitled to my inheritance because this rubbish park isn't a proper contribution to society. Well, I shall endeavor to do better. Yes, thank you. Goodbye. Don't think I've ever felt this emotion before. It's kind of demoralizing. Don't think I like it very much. Willikins, do you? Hang about. Where's Willikins gone?
2: When we last saw Willikins, he was being carried off quite against his will by an Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonator. We join him now in the lair of his captor mysterious featureless room with flat displays on every surface and no apparent entrance or exit. Who are you talking to? Terribly sorry. Force of habit, you know. Turns out I've grown quite accustomed to having my experiences narrated. Oh, fan of
7: exposition, are you? That works out nicely because I have a lot of information to impart to you right now. What's
2: happened to your comically
7: exaggerated Austrian accent? Oh, that
2: was a necessary
7: ruse. Ah, but there's no time for silly accents now. I've
2: been saying that for as long as I can remember. Indeed. Uh. Yes, indeed. Oh, indeed! Are you going to tell me what exactly we're talking about, or shall I guess? I've played this game with Master Nick, and in my experience, it can be a bit... time-consuming. Oh, but that's just it, my good man! Time and memory and
7: Master Nick! Those rather heady concepts form the foundation of the reason I have brought you here! I thought
2: you said that Master Nick was in danger.
7: Do you recall... Oh, no, it must have been... a. Let's see now, I carry the root of negative one. You carry the pirates. Oh, about three years ago, from your frame of reference, you and young Nick went on an extraordinary
2: adventure. Afraid I'm going to have to ask you to be a bit more specific. Master Nick would describe, and has described, being inside a cardboard box as an adventure.
7: Oh, specific, right. Fine, I can do that, but we really must hurry! Oh, you've other people to bark madness at. On a schedule, are you? The incident to which I'm referring began in... uh, late 2012 by your calendar. Whilst engaged in some elaborate courtship preparation ritual, you and Nick and a number of other inhabitants of Nick Hall were pulled backward in time to the Victorian era.
2: I believe that rings a bell, yes.
7: Good! Now we're getting somewhere. Oh, Blast, there isn't time to tell you more. I shall have to endeavor to remember to assemble a media presentation to explain the rest.
2: Endeavor to remember to assemble. Quite a lot of infinitives for a single statement. Ah, there it is.
7: Infinity is my business, good fellow. I'm a time traveler, you see. And now I must bid you a temporary adieu. This video tape I made in a few weeks will explain the rest. Watch it. I will have returned soon!
2: Well, this all seems extremely legitimate. Now, where on earth should I put ah, this must be it? This video cassette recorder labeled Primitive Video Machine for that thick fellow from the past, you know, that butler. It's just nice to be included, I suppose.
1: Situated in the rollingest and greenest of England's rolling green hills in historic Artford-Flandingshire-upon-Thames, Nick Hall is at once a monument to wealth and class and a baffling mystery unto itself. Good to see that
2: our narrator was able to secure further employment. For
1: though these sainted halls have been home to the mighty Nick dynasty since the late 19th century, there is no apparent record of its existence prior to that.
5: Well, I was just tended my sheep, I was, but all of a sudden I heard something round the back garden. I keeps myself to myself. But a body tends to notice a thing like an entire Great Hall appearing as if out of nowhere.
1: Transported there from the future via means that cannot be adequately explained, Nick Hall and its inhabitants became a paradoxical Ouroboros with no clear beginning or end. In the early 21st century, Nick Hall had existed for centuries but only by going back in time in its current form and becoming the very hall that would then exist for centuries.
2: Yes, this all makes perfect sense. I'm glad that Time Traveler fellow took the time to produce this documentary to clarify matters.
1: Listen, I can't explain this any more clearly.
2: Oh good, and now we're doing this
11: old gag.
1: Perhaps the most paradoxical of all, in 1884, Nick managed to become his own great-great-great-grandfather, Via surreptitious time travel, it was confirmed that this conception did indeed take place.
7: I'm not sure I
10: really need to hear.
1: There now, Lady Beatrice, if you would be so kind, please present your reproductive
4: organs. No, no, don't open your eyes. Just, uh, there we are. That's a good last. Now lie back and think of England.
1: The deed is
2: done. heavens, this is only an audio recording.
1: Soon after, by a similarly mysterious means, Nick returned to the 21st century with one of his manservants. Who remembers which?
2: Whom, indeed.
1: But the deed had been done. Lady Beatrice remained behind in the Victorian era, pregnant with Nick's child. That child would one day father another, and another, and so on, until Nick himself was born in 1977. He would eventually grow up, in a manner of speaking and travel back in time to the 1800s to begin the cycle again and thus with each iteration of the cycle nick's dna became a sort of feedback loop an endless perpetuation of inbreeding that rivals even the most noble english families
2: this explains so much but what
1: quiet there's more
2: i do beg your pardon videotape in
1: 1914 Nick's first-generation heir gave birth to a woman named Cassandra. What? Cassandra married a man named Nigel in 1944.
2: This can't possibly... And in
1: 1957...
2: Apparently it can.
1: Cassandra gave birth to a son, whom she named Willikins. Both parents died not long after, and young Willikins was adopted by an interdimensional adventurer known as the Colonel, which makes... I
2: know what it makes... There's really no need to say it. I'll be turning this blasted machine off now. Nick,
1: is your biological grandfather.
2: Well, I'm off to be sick until the end of time.
7: Terribly sorry to leave you alone with a videotape, like so much latchkey parent, but that truly was a matter of some emergency. I'd left my quantum iron-on, you see. I'd forgot my quantum head if it weren't quantum-attached. Oh, now, where on earth has he gone? I could have sworn I switched the doors off. Hello? Mr. Butler?
2: Are you present? In a manner of speaking. Now, what on earth are you doing on the floor in a foetal position? Whilst I applaud your use of the proper English spelling of the word, I'm afraid the pronunciation is still simply foetal. Is it?
7: I'm afraid that's one of those words I've only seen written down. I, I never realized. And that's realized with an S, not with a Z. So you're English then, never would have guessed. In our manner of speaking, In my time of origin, your
2: quaint notions of patriotism and national borders are quite irrelevant. Ah, good. The only thing better than a person from the future is a smug person from the future intent on telling you how you've got it all wrong in the present. You still haven't answered my question? Why are you collapsed in a heap on my floor? I've fallen victim to what modern vernacular would refer to as a truth bomb. I would go so far as to call it a truth Dresden or possibly Nagasaki. Now, now, mustn't
7: mention the war.
2: Faulty Towers
7: fan, are you? A faulty which now? No, that's one of the sacred commandments in my time! We have a list of them, you'll see. Each one begins with keep calm and... There's keep calm and don't mention the war. Keep calm and keep a stiff upper lip. Keep
2: calm and lie back and think of England, and so on. Good lord, it's as though the entire planet is descended from Master Nick in the future. Yes, that's
7: right! I
2: beg your pardon? Well, not everyone, to be sure, but quite a number of
7: us, myself included. In such esteemed company. Ah, it's quite enough idle chit-chat. Up off the floor, uh, you.
2: You don't even know my name, do you? You truly are a nick. Good Lord, I've just discovered why I've had such a deep-seated hatred for myself all these years. Oh, it's not that. It's just.
7: In my intensive travels across space and time, exhaustively researching the Nick family, I've met so many servants, and they all seem to Well here. Let me show you. There's Wellington. Hello. Worthington. <laughs> <B-b-> <laughs> of Wallingford. Charms. Wickersham. Salutations. <laughs> Good day. Washington. Greetings. Wilmington.
8: Delighted to make your acquaintance.
7: Wensleyford.
8: Good morning. And Wimbledon. Anyone for tennis?
7: Right, off with a lot of you. Hello. So, perhaps now you can understand my confusion. Perhaps. Now, if only I could
2: get you to understand mine.
7: Well, I'd love to expose it to you a few more pages, but I'm afraid we're running out of time. Here's the long and short of it. You are indeed a descendant of Nick, thanks to time travel. So am I and so is my brother. I could have used logic to sort that one out, which
2: admittedly would be a first for
7: today. My brother has been running amok in the time stream trying to get his bearings, and I believe his ultimate goal is nothing short of the murder of our common ancestor.
2: Why in the world? Oh,
7: it's that whole recursive loop time paradox thing. Drives him mad and, and he feels that the only way to put a stop to it
2: is to kill Nick and prevent further iterations of the time loop. I can't believe I'm even saying this given what I've been through and what I've just learned but what can we do to help I'm not even sure I know where Master Nick is at the moment
7: oh I know he's continuing his quest to gain his father's approval by hosting a reality show on the family's television network in what I believe you call America what would
2: Master Nick possibly have to offer an American audience
7: quite a lot as it turns out He's become quite successful in the Angry British Person Intimidates American Contested
4: subgenre. genre Corn, Declan? You call this a pizza hamburger? There's far too much pizza and not enough hamburger, except in the place where there's more hamburger than there should be pizza. This crust is barely a bun, the bun's covered in sauce, and there's mustard everywhere. Where do you get off? What's all this, then? Nick
0: of Nick Hall, prepare for a reckoning. We're all now. How do you reckon I should
4: prepare for one of those, then?
3: This is SVN Newsbreak, and I'm Turducken Carpool Tunnel. The studio audience of SVN's hit series, Angry British Man Yells at Americans, was shocked by the sudden appearance of a man claiming to be a time traveler on the Montebank Studios soundstage where the show is recorded. Authorities have warned personnel working at that studio to vacate the premises, citing fatally high radiation levels.
7: Please stand by. We
2: are experiencing
7: tactical
0: difficulties. Nick of Nick Hall, prepare for a reckoning
4: you said that already, I still don't know what it means.
3: You... core,
4: cool, it's some kind of futureman! And Willikins! Coe Willikins!
2: Sir, you must run for your life, this man-
4: Never mind that, where have you been? I've been wearing the same soiled pants for weeks now! I'm
2: entirely sure why my absence should make that situation any different than it typically is?
3: Silence! Stop where you are,
7: dear brother! You shall terrorize this man-child no more! Dear brother?
0: We hate each other. You know that. Oh, I see. You're using that quaint early 21st century sarcasm you've always been so fond of. Well, let me try. I'm not going to shoot you now.
7: Ah, A near-fatal blast from his sonic allen wrench. It's exactly like a sonic screwdriver, only 65% more useful. Uh, Nick Wilkins, here... You must take this.
4: What, that giant novelty wristwatch you're wearing? No, thank you. It looks terrible. Ah,
7: It's the device that allows me to transcend the dimensional barriers that separate space and time. Seeing as Master Nick is more concerned with his fashion sense than his survival, I'll take it.
4: Bloody right you will. You love rubbish.
7: Its user interface should be self-evident. I only ask that you not touch the controls marked DO NOT TOUCH! These controls...
4: What, you mean these ones?
3: Well, fuck. It's broad-chested daylight, and this is well-established facts of certainty with your host, not everyone else, Erong Spigot. As ever, we're here to assist the man in any way that we can in his relentless quest to improve life for us all.
5: Realmechins! I was listening to my favourite radio program and I heard a noise. Come switch off the wireless at once, and then investigate that commotion in the attic!
8: Mom, the radio's right next to you, whereas I'm both a level above you and two levels below the attic.
5: I fail to see how either of these facts is relevant. Now get to it, Wilmikins. Chop-chop!
8: Chop-chop is very much how I imagine this waking nightmare finally ending. Be right there, Mom!
3: Line zero, you're on the air. on this is a wolfman! Of course, of course. Unless that horse is a wolfman. And for those of you who might, for some inexplicable reason, be listening in from elsewhere in the multiverse, I remind you that in our world, wolfmen are wolves who turn into men three nights a month, usually on the weekends.
6: I'm calling to encourage everyone within the sound of my voice to throw your garbage into the sea. Choke a dolphin with a six-pack ring. Create an artificial landmass of styrofoam. We only get one life and we can't waste it doing things that don't actively hurt the environment.
3: Well stated, my usually-here suit compadre. Stay on the line, and my producer will personally come to your house and confiscate a t-shirt from you, as is the usual custom.
8: Cool, I was listening to that! Delightful. Now, as instructed, I shall head to the attic to determine the source of the... (laughs) of that, yes.
5: That sounds exciting! And I can't bear to allow excitement to happen without me! I'm coming with you!
8: (sighs) Of course you are. Hello? Is someone
4: Cool! Willikins! Uh, what,
8: what fresh, fresh hell, hell is this, is this now?
4: Wilkins, it's, it's me! me but, but I'm I'm, I'm a blow! Oh
8: good. This, this should make things less confusing. confusing.
0: Ah, there you are. Thought you'd be clever and escape into an alternate dimension,
2: did you? I can assure you, cleverness had nothing to do with it.
8: I was going to say that.
0: Silence! Now, hold still while I adjust my atomizer for the precise harmonics of this universe.
5: Oh, me?
4: No, no, it's me that's trying to kill you. You should be fine.
5: Nikki of Nikki Hall. Present!
0: I am a distant descendant of yours who has learned of your tampering with the timeline.
2: We don't have to listen to all this again, do we? I feel like we've already spent considerable time. Silence!
0: Silence. Say, I've never seen you around here before. Nor
2: I you. Perhaps whilst those two are waggling that eyebrows at one another, we can make a hasty retreat.
4: Right, farewell girl, Nick. Toodle-pip
5: boy, Nicky! (laughs) Why don't I have a machine that allows me to transcend the barriers of time, space, and dimension? I want one now!
8: Right, it's off to Herod's with us then. I'd love to show you around my continuum sometime.
0: <laughs> Maybe after I finish this little assassination I'm working on?
4: I think they escaped.
0: Damn it! Don't go anywhere. I'll be right down.
2: And now the adventures of Dave.
4: And we last left our hero Dave the American a dimensional rift that opened up in his living room which is what Americans call a parlor ridiculous isn't it Anyway we join him now as two strangers from a parallel universe stand not 3 feet away from where he was watching TV that's feet not meters get it do, do you get it
1: core You blokes appeared as if from nowhere you did. You gave me a right start and no mistake.
4: Willikins, this isn't right. Something seems...
1: uh, off.
2: So it's as I feared. Every possible reality is in some way completely insufferable. Come along, sir. We're leaving.
1: Cheers, mates.
4: Cor Willikins, look at all these geese. They're wearing little trousers and petticoats. Oh, this is... Brilliant! Let's just stay here forever!
2: We must have arrived in a reality in which geese became the dominant species rather than... Wait, here comes a human.
4: You two humans! Stop right there!
2: He appears to be some sort of law enforcement official.
4: A human sheriff in a world of geese? Well, why not? There's no law in the books that says a human can't be sheriff!
2: We'll just be on our way now.
4: Oh, you're no fun. <laughs>
1: Yes,
11: sir. I did let him get away. Sorry, sir. I'll have a full report on your desk by five. Willikins,
4: where are we now?
2: According to the reading, sir, we're outside of reality, in the incalculably vast space that lies between galaxies and the infinitesimal space that lies between subatomic particles.
4: It's boring.
2: For once, I concur. Unfortunately, the assortment of urgently flashing lights on this device would seem to indicate that we can't keep jumping through realities like this. Perhaps this is why Mr. Teet Zero warned us not to touch those particular remember
4: any of that at all.
2: Of course you don't. In any event, it would behoove us to choose one final destination before we lose the ability to escape in this manner. We must consider our options carefully and try to determine a place and time where our pursuer will be sure not to locate us.
4: You're in luck, my friend, because I know just the place.
0: Ah, uh, Nick. Wilkins. Welcome. I've been expecting you.
4: Werewolf.
6: Hot Rockets, Commander! These Communist Moonmen from Mars have us outgunned and outnumbered!
1: We may not have our weapons, Gary, but we do have something these little red men don't have. An unwavering faith in the forces of capitalism. I guess when it came to economic philosophies, these fellas were shortchanged. <sighs> Sorry, Cadet. I didn't hear that over all the ray gun fire. Actually, I just thought of a better one. It looks like you are
6: right on the money, Commander.
1: <laughs> Please repeat, I still don't copy. Bolsheviks? More
6: like bo-
3: This is the BBC International Service, dateline March the 4th, 1954. Authorities at a classified Royal Atomic Test Facility are seeking one or more unidentified individuals in connection with the recent obscomments of a dangerous atomic device.
5: Mr Willigans?
3: Yes. I'm I'm Nigel Willigans. How is she, nurse? Is everything all right?
5: Oh she's fine, Mr Willigans, and so's the baby. It's a boy, sir. You can go in and see them now if you'd like. She means you can turn your head now, Nigel.
3: Oh, look yeah. at him. Uh. Look at our beautiful baby boy. You're gonna do wonderful things, lad. And I will see to it that you'll be the first of our name not to be bound in servitude to the upper classes. The name Willikins will carry dignity and respect. And it won't just be another way to say, basically a slave.
9: Willikins? Blast it, where are you, you valet? Oh, it's a colonel.
3: I'm afraid I must go, dear.
5: Can't he spare even a moment for a man to see his own
8: newborn son?
9: I heard that. And by my watch, your husband has been granted a full moment and a half for this momentous occasion. If they wanted to give it that, they should have called it a momentous and a half occasion. Yeah, <laughs> That was clever. Now, let's get cracking. There's an interdimensional rift forming over Buchananland, and those beasties want a good thrashing, hey, what, what?
3: I swear to you, son, this life of toil and misery ends with me. Your life will be better.
9: Willikins! I say, Willikins! Say, you there. Schoolwoman, can you please direct me to the young Willikens, boy? Much obliged.
2: I don't want to play Conkers again. Let's play Snakes and Ladders. I'll be the Sn... Oh, hello.
9: Are you young Willikens? I am, sir. Now listen closely, boy. I'm about to give you some positively dreadful news, and I don't want you blabbering about it like a woman. A man does not cry. Do you understand? Sort of? Sort of only counting kippers and landmines, lad. Possibly cricket, as far as anyone can tell. Now... You know who I am.
2: Not really, sir, no.
9: Well, lad, I'm the colonel. I work for an international agency known as M-U-C-U-S. That's
2: not a very good acronym.
9: It's not, at that. Our job is to protect the likes of you and all these other children people from, well, I suppose you could say monsters. You know, ghosts, giant robots, Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolf's Man... That sort of thing.
2: I've never seen anything like
9: that. Of course you haven't. I just told you what we do, and we're very good at it. Your father in particular... My
2: father is in prison, sir. What?
9: What? No, no, no. That's the story they told you, to conceal the truth.
2: That he fights monsters?
9: Yes. Well, no. I fight the monsters. Your father is my valet.
2: What's a valet?
9: It's like an assistant.
2: So he assists you in fighting
9: monsters? No, he brings me my tea. He helps me dress. That sort of thing.
2: How do you fight monsters if you can't even dress...
9: Ow! That'll be quite enough of that. Now... Your father served me faithfully for many years. Unfortunately, he and your mother recently met an untimely demise at the hands of, well, some ravenous creature or another. Apparently, he picked up some of the blasted thing's pheromones whilst we were confined in their nest on a recent adventure. We escaped, but the creature followed, and, following its nose, found and killed your parents.
4: My parents are dead?
9: I'm afraid so, that. Had you not been away at school, you might have been one of the skeletons we found in the rubble that was once your home. And whilst I have neither the desire nor the aptitude for raising a child, my gentleman's honour demands that I must take you as my ward.
2: So, you're my new father? If you
9: like. Now come along, Toby. We have much to do.
2: My name's not Toby, sir. It's, it's Willikins.
9: Your dead father's name was Willikins. I can't call you the same thing now, can I? Think of the confusion it would cause. Not for me. Now, you shall answer now to Toby. I had a dog called Toby once that I was rather fond of, so consider it an honour. You're coming with me to live in the Country Manor Headquarters of MUCUS. With our resources, perhaps we'll make a man of you yet.
2: I shan't disappoint you, Mr. Colonel, sir.
9: Bastard Toby, can't you even bowl a simple bloody wicket? Well, I suppose you've earned honours, but you're not head boy now, are you? What do you call that? That's not BBC English. That's at best BBC Two English. Oh, Cambridge. Well, I suppose, if you don't mind being a Graham Chapman, or a Douglas Adams, or a Stephen Hawking, or a Charles Darwin, or a Hugh Laurie, or a Stephen Fry, or a John Cleese, or a...
2: Primary insight that Coleridge imbues the poem vis-à-vis the fleeting nature of inspiration.
11: Yes, well done, Mr. Willikins. I have rarely heard such an insightful and concise encapsulation of the poet's great work. You could all take a page from the book of Mr. Willikins here. That will be all for today.
6: Oh, insightful, isn't he? Concise, too. Personally, I think Coleridge was a coked-up loony. Now, there's no evidence of that. Look how easily distracted he was. Someone comes to his door and poof, an entire poem just goes right out of his head. Sounds like coke to me. That's an angle that
2: hadn't occurred to me. Would you like some? I beg your pardon? Coke? Would you like to snort some cocaine with me? Well, I'll have to consult my diary, but I expect there's no room for hard narcotics in my rather hectic undergraduate schedule.
6: Well, that's good. I wouldn't know where to get it, anyway. It was a bluff. We could go down a pub and chat up some birds. You look like you might be up for that sort of thing.
2: I may need to correct whatever it is about me that looks that way. Sorry,
6: no. Oh, well, that one wasn't a bluff. It was a test. You want to go someplace quiet and more intimate? I, You know, actually, i rather think I would. How did you know? Not entirely sure I knew. Oh, come on. You're a Cambridge lad who knows about poetry. You don't have to do the rather location chair of mathematics to work that one
2: out. Well argued. I suppose it's men for me, then. Shall we be off? Off and out. These paddle boats were a bit of a cliché, but I must say this is exhilarating. Where are we, exactly?
6: At sea. Do you know what they say about sailors?
2: The next words out of your mouth include the word seaman. You're swimming home. And now it's a picnic, just the two of us. Again, your heart's in the right place, and this truly is lovely, but... have you a thought
6: for originality? All right, then. What do you have in mind? Oh, a discotheque. Two young homosexuals entering a discotheque. attack. Points for originality to the brilliant young Mr. (laughs) Willikins.
2: You know, I've never been so bloody happy in my entire bloody life. I found my true calling as a gentleman's gentleman.
6: And as a gentleman's
2: gentleman? Indeed.
6: Are the Rolling Stones really going to let you bring me with you?
2: It was one of my only conditions for coming on as the band's butler. The lads were surprisingly accepting of it all.
6: Well, after seeing the Dancing in the Streets video, I can not say as I'm terribly surprised. Once I
2: finish here at Cambridge, it's a life of adventure, music, and love for us. It's all coming together for me at long last.
11: Who's there? Mr. Willikin, sir? Yes, who's there? Constable Bobby of the High Street Irregulars, sir. You are an undergraduate of this university's squiring technologies program? I am. Sir? Under orders of the Iron Dictator herself, the mighty Margaret Thatcher, old butlers, footmen, manservants, maids, including but not limited to house, kitchen, parlour, chamber, and scullery, stewards, valets, secretaries, pages, tea boys, governesses, chamberlains, gatekeepers, gardeners, underbutlers, uber butlers, boot boys, hold boys, and stable boys and generally anyone else who can't come in the front door are hereby remanded to perpetual Victorian-style servitude under the Restoration of Class Separation Act of 1985.
6: Thatcher, is it? I suppose we should have listened to those blokes with the funny hair and the pins through the noses. Is that Mr. Simon
11: Morrison? Present. You, sir, are under arrest per the Buggery Act of 1533. ...which has recently been reinstated. Well, if that's the case, shouldn't I also be... You should, sir. But the Prime Minister has declared that the upper class's need for servants supersedes... ...any other crime or moral peccadillos... ...you may or may not have committed.
6: Well, bugger
3: this.
11: Don't make it worse for yourself, sir. I know a number of you
3: came from allegedly prestigious universities and the like... ...but this is Nick Hall... I frankly don't care what you were taught by those namby-pamby so-called intellectuals. There's nothing intellectual involved in doing the washing up, winding the clocks, and changing my ten-year-old son's nappies. As a servant of the Nick family, henceforth until the day you die, you will be given a shiny piece of cutlery and expected to flawlessly execute the time-honoured English dance of table-setting each night. You will work every day until you drop dead of fatigue. And on that day, we will throw you into the butler hole. And that will be the story of you. That one's trying to scarper, sir. Yes, I can see that. Release the hounds. Yes, sir. But only...
7: The hounds are currently occupied at Our Lady of Unnecessary Cruelties annual fox hunt. And you left explicit instructions that it not be interrupted for any reason, humanitarian or otherwise.
3: So I did, Well, as it happens, I poisoned this lot of servants on the way in, and the only existing antidote is in the gruel they're fed fortnightly. He'll be back, or he'll be dead. The net outcome is effectively the same. I think, I think I'm away.
2: Must find Simon. I can only imagine what horrors he's been made to endure. If only I knew. It was that bloody fox hunt. I haven't run far enough.
6: Oh, good show, Cecilia. Give that fox a good thrashing. What? Good Lord, Simon. Who's this now? Lord Gordon, I do believe one of your sub-subordinates has wandered onto the garden path. That's our path, you. Shoo. Simon, it's, it's me. It's it's Willikins. I'm afraid I don't know any Willikins. He will address me as Sir Simon or
2: his lordship. But, but Simon... What have they done to you? You sure seem convinced that we know one another. We do know one another, and we love one another. We met at Cambridge. We were going to run off to live with Mick Jagger. Together! Well, now you're just being silly. Men don't
6: love other men. If there's one thing I learned in Miss Thatcher's wonderful, irreversible brainwash brigade, it's that. In fact, I don't think it's especially proper for an Englishman to love anything. Except England, of course, which is where we're from.
7: Oh, dear. Terribly sorry, Sir Simon. This one's new and hasn't been uh, broken in yet. Come on, you. It's the wooden crate for you, I expect. Let's go, then. Very good. There. And there you'll stay until we need you. One bucket's for food, the other's for tea. I shouldn't confuse them if I were you. say there? We've found a use for you finally. So make yourself presentable. Here's a razor. Don't think of slitting your wrist with it. It's a safety razor. Of course. Because my well-being is obviously
2: a priority for you. Where are you sending me?
7: You're to serve his lordship's only son and heir, Lord Nick. He's been living, for some reason, in a small flat off the estate grounds for some time now. His distant relative, Lord Fauntleroy Britishman, has died and willed his considerable fortune to the lad. You are to tend to his needs and bring him home to his lordship. That doesn't sound so bad. Well, France doesn't sound too bad either until you go there and find out it's full of Frenchmen. This is encouraging.
4: All right then, giant crate. Let's see what you've got in you. Mm. Ah, Ah. Ah, it's dusty there. Well, it's a man then, isn't it? Rather, sir. We're going to be the best of friends, I expect. Willikins! You've been my attaché case for nigh on six and a half years now. Why do you still let me do daft things like bring us here to our certain doom? It
3: is your certain doom. I'm glad you've been listening. Who oh, is this ridiculous person? And why is he threatening certain doom? I'm the media tycoon here, and I decide when certain doom is declared. Silence. Well, this goes poorly.
2: On the other hand, perhaps my long and terrible journey is finally coming to an end.
4: But then it will
8: change my nappies.
6: Hey, I was listening
0: to that. What's to listen to? It's literally just silence. You never understood my music,
7: you don't understand me. What's to understand? You just want to zip around with a jetpack and eat powdered ice cream like it's 2050 or something, goddamn hipster? It's retro. Anyway, you're the one with that time machine. That's for work. When the mall security precogs are disabled, I need that device to go back and make sure the food court has always have happened and vandalized by you and
0: your ruffian cohorts. Such a waste. You could do so many better things with time travel. Like impress chicks from the past with your cool knowledge of the future.
7: We must never abuse time travel in such a fashion. Why, an ancestor of ours did that very thing once and became his own great-great-grand-something grandfather. Oh, that never happened. Well, the hell it didn't! Haven't you ever wondered why our family tree looks like a bloody, maybe a strip? Hey, what's that behind you? What? There's nothing behind me. What a preposterous notion that you would even suggest a thing is- Oh, well, that can't be good.
11: Lord, that fellow just materialized as if from out of nowhere on this busy Victorian street. Say, do you know Nick of Nick Hall? Why, yes. I believe that's him over there, running into those caves. Shit, I'm too late.
0: He's on his way back to the early 21st century already.
11: I say, what is that intriguing piece of headgear you're wearing?
0: This... This is just an old styrofoam bicycle helmet I picked up at a thrift store. I mean... This is an exquisite, one-of-a-kind artifact. Might you be interested in purchasing it? I dare say I might be. Well, you mustn't stop with just the helmet. There's the whole ensemble to consider. This exotic hoodie, for one thing.
9: (laughs)
11: <laughs> I love <when> one
0: All right, one? all right One at a time, please Ticks first This delightful simulacrum of a fish is self-animating And it even sings Simply
9: a werewolf Christmas time
0: I simply must have
8: one
3: I'll take two
8: Twink, we call him the shop creep. They say he came here with a stolen time machine on a mission and then got distracted by the gullibility of Victorian consumers. How many
4: times have we seen it, Brick? This with the infinite vastness of time itself. How many men opt to use their power, not for personal enrichment or the betterment of mankind, but to build rubes out of whatever local currency they're carrying?
8: He also makes his customers really uncomfortable with flimsy euphemisms and innuendos.
4: Tisk, tisk, tisk. Damn tragedy (gasps) is what it is.
8: My word! The vulgarity! Uh Uh-oh, looks like your carelessly selected profanity is bringing an angry mob of British Puritans down on us.
4: And it looks like the shop creep has cut on to what happened and is getting away. So long, suckers.
8: Suckers! Well, I never...
0: So... Then I wandered the time stream for a while, bilking rubes, fleecing saps, and, of course, picking up chicks. But one day, my idiot brother showed up, which reminded me why I got into this game in the first place. And then I came here to kill you.
4: Whitakins, did you order all this exposition? Because I sure as hell bloody didn't. I ordered a Chinese. Where's my Chinese!
0: Oh, I'll give you a
2: Chinese,
4: in hell. What does that mean?
2: Terribly sorry, Mr. Shop Creep, sir, but there appears to be something just behind you.
0: What? Where? I have excellent peripheral vision. How did I not see? Oh, god damn it.
1: Sarcastic Voyage has embarked on a modest undertaking to chronicle the entirety of human history in sketch form. Join us as we uncover the mysteries of the past in our ongoing feature, which we call History. It's not as good as it used to be. England. Christmas. 1883.
2: This should put an end to all this nonsense.
1: it worked you successfully stole an atomic bomb from the 1950s then detonated it just before nick came back in time and started this ridiculous time loop that got everyone all worked up so it's all over now the suffering the interminable exposition oh god no i'm a trained narrator the exposition's only just begun thought you were fired i was i fell on some pretty hard times But then, I met a mysterious stranger in a Harry Potter mask back in Part 7 of this serial. Who was under the mask? Daniel Radcliffe. He trained me as a wizard to find my innermost purity and strength. You may now address me as... Neritor the White. Must I? I could just make you. And then Willikins dropped to the ground and kissed my feet. (coughs) Innermost
2: purity, eh?
1: Get up. Fortunately for you, I now exist on a higher plane. Magic is a higher plane than science, so there truly
2: is no justice in the universe. And
1: now, thanks to you, there is no universe at all. But I only
2: set off one device in one very specific location. The goal was to prevent Master Nick from existing.
1: And you succeeded. Unfortunately, Nick is literally the father of everyone of significance in this universe. Thanks to you, Frank has no Sandra. Cooter has no... The bear, and the world doesn't have Aaron Fawcett or Food Guy. I don't know who any of these people are. There's also no you. Well, clearly there is. Otherwise, who are you even talking to? I could spend another couple of acts explaining to you, but then I'd be Brandon Braga.
4: Willikins!
1: Oh, good. Willikins. Willikins? There. Everything has been restored to the way it was before you ruined it. Uh, He's always ruining things. I know it's a bit neat. Kind of a Dave Ex Machina, if you will. Must I? But the simple fact of the matter is, Nick is the Alpha and the Omega of this universe. Without him, this all ceases to exist.
4: I knew it all along. And now that it's confirmed, I don't give a squirrel's arse about my father's approval. I'll see here. Oh, you be quiet. And mind your elders. I remember when we met the colonel and Willikins was always whinging on and on about his father's approval. I thought it was rubbish then and I was right then. I've learned a valuable lesson today and that lesson is this. I'm
8: great.
0: But I'll just go back and try again. Yeah, probably not.
8: Freeze, shop creep. We got you dead to rights.
0: Well, it's a fair cop. It's off to prison with me, I guess.
8: What? No. We'll just take you to the mall security office and call your brother. Oh, no!
4: Excuse me, Mr. Time Cop, but if he's under arrest, he won't be needing that time machine anymore, will he? I suppose not. Good, because as they say in the Americans, yoink! Damn it. Come, Willikins, I shall travel the infinite vastness of the cosmos in search of adventure, pizza hamburgers, and probably also a third thing as well. And you, as ever, shall be my companion for all eternity.
1: What
2: a delightfully original premise.
4: Off we go, then!
1: And so, the shop creep was taken back to his own time and had to explain to his parents how he'd almost unraveled reality itself and also gotten his brother killed in the process. Lord Gordon of Nick Hall went home to... probably his wife? I assume Nick had a mother. We never got around to meeting her, did we? Nick and Willikins embarked on adventures that the human mind could not begin to comprehend. And me? I transcended to a higher plane of being, where I'm no longer required to tell you what those two are getting up to. Because, even existing outside of linear time itself, this bit was still, somehow, a tremendous waste of my time. The Wumps and Future Nick featured Matt Robotham
2: as Nick and Time Cop 2. Ron Algar Watt as Willikins, Dave Fields as the exasperated narrator, Slap Strongarm, and Wallingford, with Duncan Bosco as the Bobby, Christopher Walken, Sheriff Human, Stuffy Cambridge Professor, Victorian Gentleman, and Worthington. Mark Bosco as animatronic Elton John, different Victorian Gentleman, newsreader, Turducken Carpal Tunnel, and Wellington. Danielle K.L. Gregoire as Victorian Lady and Washington Nathan Lajeunesse as Cadet Gary The Environmentally Callous Wolfman The Park Mascot Simon and Widdershins, Brian Lynch as the Colonel Caitlin Obum as the Englandland announcer Lady Shop Creep The Nurse Wimbledon and The Witness Joseph Ravenson as Arnold Schwarzenegger David Hasselhoff John T. Zero and Wickersham Amanda Smith as Nicky Polly and Wilmington Sabrina Snyder as animatronic Margaret Thatcher, Cassandra, Frida, Time Cop One, Wensleyford, and Will McKins. Jason Wallace as Arong Spigot, Al Pacino, Guy in a Rubber Harry Potter Mask, Lord Gordon, and Nigel Willikins. And featuring Vishal Baradwaj as The Shop Creep. It was written, produced, and directed by Ron Algar Watt for the Sarcastic Voyage podcast, copyright 2014 and 2015.